Praise the Lord. God is good. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's do this as we get started here today. Let's raise one or two hands to our Heavenly Father. Father, we just we just raise our hands and, and, and we are hungry for you. We want to connect with you. Connect with heaven, your resources, your plans, your purposes, you, who you are, Lord God. We don't seek you for just what you can do. We seek you for who you are. You're so good. You're so faithful, so trustworthy, Lord God, so gracious and kind. Father, and we thank you for your presence here today. And we just, we make ourselves uh, available and open, Lord God. We open our hearts to hear your word. We open our hearts to your word. Your word is true. Your word is sure, Lord God. It is, it does not, it does not disappoint, Lord God. Your word, it comes through, Father. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the life that's in your word, Lord God. We thank you for the direction that we receive from your word individually, as families, corporately as a body, as the larger part of the body of Christ, Lord, what you have for us to do, how to live, Lord God, how to be successful in this life for your kingdom advancing it. Father, we just come humbly before you and we come by the way of Jesus Christ. He is the door into the eternal, Lord God. We, we come through the body of Jesus that was shed for us and we thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here right now to fellowship with us and to lead us into all the truth, to reveal Jesus so that we can have a greater even understanding of the Heavenly Father, our Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, we bless you, we honor you, and we thank you right now in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Everybody have a good Thanksgiving? Yes, some people said, Arr. Some people's like, family, yeah. Other people's like, family, it's good. Praise the Lord. Well, we're glad to be back. We, Natasha, Pastor Natasha and I, we do consider you guys family. And I'm just so, I'm so proud of, of the crones, uh, John and, and Stacy and Ramey and, and Josie, just uh, for doing that today for us. Thank you so much. And just even coming up as a family. I mean, it was so precious. It wasn't a sweet anointing during, during communion. You know, we're family, guys. We are family. We're here for one another. And uh, I pray that, you know, it's part of our culture of this church. We want, we want to get better at each of us reaching out to others within our church and even in our community. You know, we're, we're family here, but we're also part of a larger family that maybe we don't meet with every single week in the house of worship, but they go somewhere else. They're believers too. And we're part of that family as well. And we can reach out and, and, and just fellowship, connect. We all need connection. Amen. We all need one another. We need to be lifted up at times. And other times we're there that God will use us to lift up others. That's family, taking care of one another. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Acts chapter 10. Uh, you know, when we get to the end of, end, of the, um, end of the year, there's just some things that usually have been on my heart over the year that just whether it wasn't the right timing or whatever, just maybe it's needed to stew a little bit more on the back burner. Um, just some things as we're wrapping this year up. It's only several more weeks to the end of 2018, and we go into 2019. Don't gasp so quick at once. 2019. But uh, there's just some things that have been in my heart, and today I want to talk about the power of consistency. There is power in consistency. And... Uh, 
I want to talk about this really relating to when it comes to uh, talking about prayer. You know, prayer is, prayer is how we connect with God. It really is. Now, don't, don't fall asleep now when I say prayer. Don't close your eyes and just, just be gone. Pay attention. What we're going to do here. Prayer is how we connect with God. And the Bible says in Proverbs that God delights in the prayers of his people. God delights in connecting with you. He delights in sharing his heart and hearing your heart. Even though he knows your heart already, there's, there's just power and connection when you are revealing and speaking from your heart to the one who created you. Amen? And, you know, there can, be, there can be frustration in prayer. Prayer can be frustrating or it can be exciting. Sometimes it can be both. And I believe we go through, uh, you know, those areas in our lives different times. We can get frustrated. We can, we can get it. It can be exciting. And, and there's times when, uh, you know, it's frustrating on purpose where God frustrates us so he can get us to go dig a little bit deeper and go a little bit further. Many of you heard me tell the story um, several times about a season in my life in ministry where I knew I was called to ministry and I was doing things in our church in Florida, um, but I knew I was called to more and I, I, I was just frustrated in that season. And I remember going into Pastor Greg's office and, and just telling him how frustrated I was. I didn't even know. And he's like, well, what do you, what do you want to do for God? I'm like, I don't even know. I'm just frustrated. And uh, really what I wanted him was to tell me, you tell me what you want me to do and I'll do it. But Pastor Greg didn't do that. He said, you know, Jeff, if, if, if you seek God, God will reveal to you what he wants you to do. See, there's a process that we have to go through in order to be able to receive the details and, and the joy in communing with God and finding details. And uh, I took him up on his challenge, so I began to spend extra time with the Lord and, and you know, God is so faithful, as I began to seek Him, as it says, you draw near to God, He'll draw near to you. He began to draw near to me as I drew nearer to Him. He began to speak to me and show me things about my future and my family. And I remember, you know, however it was, a couple months before in Pastor Greg's office, just crying and so frustrated, and then being able to go back a couple months later, just so excited. I'm like, oh my God, and I had served the Lord for many years before this, but I was just frustrated. I remember going back, man, it's so exciting to serve the Lord. He really does hear my prayers. He really does hear my cry. He really does want me to walk in His ways. And I want, I want to share with you some things that the Lord has showed me over the years and even, even recently coming to prayer because I want you to be excited about communing and connecting with God. I don't know if you're in a frustrated season right now, maybe because of uh, things that are going on in the natural, whether something in the spiritual, but you know what? God is in control of it all, and we're going to trust Him, and He's going to bring us through. Do you believe that? So I want to share with you really how the Lord showed this to me over this year as we've been seeking the Lord um, from the person of Cornelius, and I want to give you four points today, and the first point is this, that there is power in consistency. Say there's power in consistency. And the Lord really just began to, I, I want to read this story and, and kind of go into this and just kind of teach from um, Acts chapter 10 here, and then we'll take it a little bit further. But Acts chapter 10, verse number one through four, this is a story about a man named Cornelius. And it says here in verse number one, now there was a man at Caesarea named Cornelius a centurion 
of what was called the Italian cohort. Some translation says the Italian battalion. That just rings a little better, doesn't it? The Italian battalion. Maybe, maybe Sylvester Stallone came from there, you know, the Italian stallion from the Italian battalion. <laughs> I don't know. Anyhow, they got that new movie out. Anyhow, Cornelius, living in, in uh, Caesarea, he was a centurion. He was in charge of an Italian cohort or battalion. The Bible says here in verse 2, he was a devout man. He was a devout man. Let me break that down for you. He was a worshiper of God. And it says here, he was a devout man. He was, he was one who feared God with all his household. Not just personally, not just him. Him and his household fear the Lord. To fear the Lord is to, is to be obedient to him, to choose his ways. It says, and he gave many alms to the Jewish people. He was a generous man. And he prayed to God continually. You could even say consistently there. He was a devout man. He was a worshiper. He was one who feared God. He was obedient. He was a generous man. And he prayed to God continually or consistently. Now, man, this is exciting. I, I love this story in the Bible because God chose this man and we're going to see why he chose this man to reveal the mystery that salvation from God was not only for the Jews, but also for the Gentile, for every person in the world who was not a Jew. Salvation came from the Jews. Amen. God had revealed to them through all this time. And then he, he decided to bring forth his manifest uh, mystery that it was for all people anywhere who would believe in him. And he chose to bring this through this man, Cornelius in Caesarea from the Italian battalion a worshiper, one who was obedient to the true God. He loved the Jewish people. He supported them, and he prayed to God. Now look at this, verse number 3. About the ninth hour of the day, which is 3 p.m., he clearly saw in a vision an angel of God who had just come in and said to him, Cornelius, And fixing his gaze upon him, he was much alarmed. And he said, yes, Lord, what is it? Not calling him Lord like he's the Savior, but just like, you know, sir, you know, uh, you know you're, you're, you're greater than me, giving respect. And the angel said to him, your prayers and your alms have ascended as a memorial to God. Your prayers and your alms have ascended to God as a memorial. He was a worshiper. He was a giver. He was obedient to God. He communed with God. And, and God was beginning to take notice. I want to look at this. I want to kind of break this down going backwards, looking at the memorial. It said, your prayers and your alms have ascended to God as a memorial. A memorial, really, the word means like a reminder or to bring to mind. It's a reminder to bring to mind. Some different translations. The Passion Translation says it this way. Um, it's an offering that God remembers. Your prayers and your alms have ascended as an offering that God remembers. The Message Bible says your prayers and alms have ascended and have brought you to God's attention. Your giving, your generosity, and your worship have got God's attention. 
my kind of, you know, studying this out, my own kind of definition of this would be that, you know, his prayers and alms have ascended and they put him on God's radar. On God's radar. You know, a radar is going around, you just got that little green thing, you know, you kind of see it more in the, in the submarines and stuff like that. Right? And if it's not there because it's a smaller vessel or it's flying low or it's got stealth features, it's just not there. You don't see it. It just keeps going around. But all of a sudden, Cornelius continually fellowshipping with God, continually praying with him, continually being generous with what God had given him, continually worshiping God and, and being obedient to him. What's, what's that? Of course, God knows. But he's on his radar. To ascend means to climb, to, to rise up. Now, this is interesting. His prayers and his alms, <clears throat> excuse me, have ascended as a memorial to God. They put him on God's radar. You know, this word prayer here, uh, broken down when you look at it, it really means uh, worship of, fellowship with, and petitions to God. It's just not asking prayer. It's just not asking for things. It's worship with God or fellowship with him, worship of, and petitions to God. It's more than just coming in and, and God being my sugar daddy and just asking for things that I want. It's delighting into fellowship with him, giving him my love and my adoration. Cornelius was giving God his love and his adoration as a Gentile, where Gentiles were really, you know, pushed back. You know, the, the Jews, I'm sure that they, they thought of him more, more uh, you know, they were more welcoming to him than other Gentiles because he supported their cause and they probably saw true worship in him, even though he really wouldn't have been allowed inside the temple because he was a Gentile. But he chose, regardless of any hindrances of being outside of that, that society of the Jews, he chose, he, he got a revelation. God had put something on the inside of him that he was the one true God. And Cornelius chose to serve the one true God, to worship him and to finance his kingdom. And it put him on God's radar. His prayers, his worship, his fellowship with God and his petitions to God rose, ascended, climbed as a memorial. Also says, talks about his alms, his prayers and his alms. The alms is really acts of mercy and compassion towards others. It's not just giving of finances. It's not just Cornelius walking up and throwing down some Roman coin and walking away. No, he had, he had a, a compassion and mercy uh, and, and he wanted to fellowship with these Jewish people. He wanted more than just to give them money. He wanted, he wanted to connect with them. He showed compassion. Isn't that the way God is? Freely we receive, freely we give. He's a merciful, compassionate God towards us. He wants us to be merciful and compassionate towards others. You know, the thing that the Lord showed me <clears throat> this year, I kept seeing this over and over again, so I'm going, I'm going to do this now. And I want you to, I want you to look at prayer, your prayers ascending to God. I want you to think about your prayers, whatever, whatever they would be for whatever, however far they would go for your marriage, for your kids, your grandkids, uh, maybe your call on your life, whatever it is that you're seeking God, whatever you're fellowshipping with him over. You know, great things happen in fellowship. 
not just in coming to God and asking him for things, but just coming and just hanging out with him in his presence and you're fellowshipping back and forth. Isn't it fun just to fellowship? You learn so much just in fellowship. You connect hearts in fellowship. It becomes more important to you when you're connecting hearts when you receive the direction. Amen. It sticks with you. It, it, it don't go away. But I want you to look at these glasses. I only got two glasses here. I wish I would have had a bigger table or something I could have brought out and did several glasses. But I want you to think about maybe these two glasses are the two most important things that you're praying about right now. Look at these glasses. Think about in your heart right now. It's the most important thing. You shouldn't have to dig too deep because this is what you are thinking about, you know, pretty much daily that you're praying over this. It's big in your heart that you want to see God move. You want this to rise as a memorial to God to where it's on his radar and it begins to overflow that God comes to answer your prayer. You know, consistency is important. If I come to God and I'm fellowshipping with him and I'm praying over a certain situation and I come just a little bit and maybe I don't come back and I talk to God about that or petition him or fellowship with him for a week and then I come back another week later and I talk about the same thing on Sunday morning. Lord, this is what I'm believing for. Over time, one day a week, I'll eventually get there. This is not about works, though. This is not about just doing and, and getting. This is about fellowship. This is about worship. You're connecting more than just your request to God. You're connecting your heart. Adoration to God, worship to God is a heart issue. Fellowshipping with God, no one will continue to fellowship if you don't enjoy the fellowship. Are you with me? Coming back, praying over that same thing that I want to see the answer to. Maybe I'm adding another prayer over here. Maybe I'm spending a little more time on that one because it's so important to me. And I come, I'm coming to that one more frequently. Sometimes I miss. Right? A little more free. You get the idea. The more, the more I come, the more I seek God, the more I'm, I'm understanding his heart about the situation understanding what he wants, adjusting things that need to be adjusted as I'm coming. Can I get a volunteer? Come up here, Nita, won't you? Won't you? Or here's Canda. Canda can come up. A little demonstration here. Now stand on the towel. Just kidding. <laughs> God wants your prayers, your petition, your worship of him to be consistent over and over and over again where it gets to the point, eventually, it gets on God's radar and it begins to overflow. There's the answer. Now I want to do this. Watch this. Take this cup and put it underneath that cup. You hold this right here. Sorry. Yep. You can bring it up higher if you want. I'm a tall guy. You can just try to catch with that right there, everything that comes out of here. If we see these cups as us, we're vessels of the Lord. Right now, that cup is to the brim. 
It benefits me if that's me. It benefits you if that's you. But it don't benefit anybody else as much as it benefits you. But if I continue to do and with consistency over and over again, I can only hold so much. But what's flowing out of my life is now filling up somebody else's life. There's power in consistency. You can just try to get in there as much as you can. That's good. Now, does anybody want to stand on the tile? Thank you, sister. Hallelujah. Listen, God wants us to overflow. God wants you to be filled, but his perfect plan is for you to overflow. And I'll tell you why. And I just explained about, you know, uh, you know, us being vessels. You know, it's good for us uh, if, if, I, if we as a vessel, uh, what we hold as a vessel, I'll just read this, what we hold as a vessel is for us to keep and to give as we please. But when we overflow, we become an access point to others to experience heaven. We can only hold so much. But wherever we're walking, whatever we're doing, we're splashing out heaven. We're becoming an access point for other people to be able to experience heaven. When you're filled up and running over, here's another one that's awesome. When you're filled up and running over, you are guaranteed to continually receive what's fresh. See, I can, I can pour in that water and I can have a glass and I can pour it today and I can come back in a month and that water will still be there. It might be a little bit less from evaporation, but it'll still be there. But it might not taste as fresh as when it was first poured. But if I'm filled up and I'm overflowing, I'm guaranteed to continually receive what is fresh. And not only me to receive what is fresh, as God is pouring into my life, into your life, it's guaranteed that we're able to give to other people what is fresh because there's a flow amen are you with me so number one there's power in consistency we'll revisit cornelius here in a little bit but number two consistency is the key to breakthrough say that with me consistency is the key to breakthrough jesus said this in, in luke chapter 18 verse number one Jesus was telling them, his disciples, a parable to show that at all times they ought to pray and not to lose heart. Anybody ever lose heart during prayer? Come on, don't be so religious. Put the hand up. We've all been there where we've lost heart in prayer. Jesus told a parable to his disciples to say to show them at all times they ought to pray and to not lose heart. The amplified version says, "Don't lose heart, don't turn coward, don't faint or give up." The message bible says, "It is necessary to pray consistently and never quit." You know, in this parable Jesus gives an example of an unjust judge who didn't care about God, didn't care about the people who were under him. uh, uh, This this ruler, he didn't care about his subjects, those who were underneath him. He cared less about him, didn't have no fear of God. But there was a widow who was treated unjustly, and she came to him continually and said, Give me justice. You are in a place of authority. I have been mistreated. You, You need to bring justice to this situation. And the Bible says he didn't care about God, he didn't care about people, so he just kind of pushed her away. But she consistently came to him every day, coming to him. You need to, you 
You are the judge. You sit. You're at a place of authority. You have to bring justice. And, the, and Jesus said, listen to what the unjust judge said. The unjust judge said this. Even though I don't fear God and I don't care about people, I'm going to give this lady what she wants because I'm afraid with her continually coming, it's going to get violent. She's going to come and she's going to beat me. What one translation says, I believe she's going to come and hit me under the eye. She wanted justice. Now, it doesn't mean by, you know, that we can force God to get our prayers. That's not the subject here. The thing is, not to give up hope and praying because there is a timing. God has things that are left in his, in his hands that we know nothing about. And as we need to know them, he'll reveal them to us. But we continue to come and know and trust in his justice, in his favor, in his goodness. And Jesus said, if this is what the unjust judge did, you know, your heavenly father, he'll, he will reward you and he will answer you speedily. But the point is this, he said, when the son of man comes, will he find faith? in the earth. So you're going to still find faith. Consistency is the key to breakthrough, doing it over and over and over and over. Number three, faith is the backbone of consistency. Number one, there's power and consistency. Number two, consistency is the key to breakthrough. Number three, faith is the backbone of consistency. David said this in Psalms 27, I would have despaired or lost heart or fainted unless I had believed, unless I had faith that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I want to stop there. I would have despaired. I would have lost heart. I would have faded unless I believed. I mean, the scripture is so good. He tells us how to not be, you know, how to not faint, how to not lose heart, but how to keep encouraged. It's by keeping our faith and our hope and our trust in the word of God and who he is, what he says. You won't be able to be consistent in a matter, especially when it comes to prayer over and over again, if you don't believe that God is going to come through. It'll be more of a hoping and a wishing instead of a hoping and expecting. Amen? And consistency and expectation go hand in hand. They have to go together. They're two wings of the same bird. Birds can't fly with one wing. It takes two wings. The second part of that verse, you know, David says, I would have despaired, lost heart, unless I had believed that what? That I would see the goodness of the Lord right here where I live. I would see it in my day, that God is going to come through. David knew what he was talking about. He was exiled from his family for a moment, and then his family actually came to him. But more importantly, he was exiled from Jerusalem. He was exiled from the temple, away from his people, feeling so alone and chased down by an enemy. It's like I would have despaired if I hadn't believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And then he finishes off with the next verse. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. First, he's talking about not being able to have courage. And he says, I got to believe. And then he's going to get courage again. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. 
This is not just waiting and sitting and doing nothing or waiting and complaining. This is waiting. The, the biblical uh, um, definition of, of this waiting is also goes along with hope, which is an expectancy. Hope in God. Expect God. Look upon God. Look to God. Amen? It's the backbone. Faith is the backbone of consistency. If you don't have no backbone, if, if someone took my backbone out right here, my whole upper body would just fall over. I need a backbone in order to stand straight, in order to be able to look unto God. And that comes through faith. Come on now. To stay consistent, you have to keep adjusting your faith. You know, our faith needs adjusted at times to make sure that we are in faith. You know, just as the body knows, we'll go to the chiropractor and get our backs adjusted, you know, get things lined up so everything's right. We, we got to come to God, to his word, to get our faith adjusted. God wants you to overflow. He's not holding an overflow because he's mad at you. He wants you to overflow. The moment you turn towards God, no matter who, who, who the person is, no matter what they've done, the moment they turn towards God and place their heart upon him and they're looking to him, God looks to them and he wants to fill them up and overflow them. Come on. Don't say, well, not so-and-so. Yeah, so-and-so too. He wants to fill them up and overflow them so he can fill up other people and overflow them so this whole world can be filled of the glory of God. Hallelujah. Faith is the backbone of consistency. We've got to have our faith adjusted. James, I want to read this in two parts. James chapter 5, verse number 16, familiar scripture. Beginning part of the scripture, he says, Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. To confess. Amplified says it this way. Confess your sins, your faults, your slips, your false steps, your offenses to each other. And pray for each other that you may be healed. Amplified says, restored to a spiritual tone of mind and heart. You know, Chris Michelson just called me this week. And uh, we talked and just connecting hearts. And, and uh, just some things that's going on in his family. Some things that's going on in some extended family in, in our family. And just friends going through, especially when it comes to cancer. Uh, we've got several people that we know that are going through things, even 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 people within this church, you know, and, and family members. You know what? Uh, I don't have the answers to it all. But I began to confess things to Chris as we were going back and forth. And I say, brother, I, I don't understand why everybody is not healed. I don't understand. You know, I wish I had a greater understanding of these things, but it is not going to stop me from believing that God wants to heal and that God wants to restore and I just began to confess some of, some of the things that I may have been, you know, uh, walking through and struggling with. And, and, he, and it's, you know, he's a, uh, an evangelist, goes out there, he's like, he goes, I understand, I'll be out there. And he goes, and I'll see in the same line someone getting healed from blind eyes and some with deaf ears being healed. And then they're, they're, But there's always people who walk away the same way that they came. They walk away. He goes, sometimes it's, you know, how, how God works. I don't, I don't know. He says, sometimes it may, it may be the third or the fourth or the fifth time that I pray for the same person over again, the fifth, fourth, whatever it is, and finally that person gets healed. But he says this, 
If I quit, they never will. But if I keep, one day it will be the final prayer and they will be healed. But don't make it the final prayer before. We confess, get these things out. You know, you, you can't be afraid to share your doubts and your fears with others. Don't be afraid to share them with others. Get them out. Why hold it and internalize it all? Get it out, share it with somebody else. Sometimes when you get things just into the light, it just really just dethrones them right away. It's something just, just getting those things out and, and talking over things. We don't know it all. God does. But I can't allow what I don't know to dictate to me what I do know, that God is good, that he is faithful, that he is just, that he is healer, that he is savior, he is deliverer, he is restorer. Regardless of what happens to me, regardless of what happens in my life, it don't change the fact of who he is. And I have to believe in that. I have to believe in it. Amen. Faith is a consistency, is the backbone of consistency. So he says, confess your sins to one another so that you may be healed. And the second part says, the earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. God wants to expand your understanding and your mindset of how wonderful your prayers are affecting situations. You've, you've, it's it's got to be expanded. Our minds have, have got to be adjusted. Our, our faith has got to be adjusted. It just don't go out. Your faith just don't go out of your mouth and drop to the ground 10 feet in front of you. Your faith in God and speaking his word can go around this world. It can go out into the galaxies. It can pierce into the eternal realm and bring change. Are you with me? Your prayers are powerful and unlimited in their ability to reach and to work. We have to let God adjust our thinking concerning our prayers. You know, I'll be honest, you know, I, 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 I knew the scriptures. You know, I, the Lord has really um, expanded my, my scope of understanding and my vision when it comes to prayer this year. And, you know, and I believe it has to do with, with timing. I also believe it has to do with this is the first year that we consistently prayed every single day or every single week as a corporate body coming in and praying and worshiping and, and, and seeking God. And God, it was through those times that God really began to expand my understanding of how far our prayer reaches. It just don't, it don't reach. When we're praying together, we come together and I'm praying and I'm believing for God to move in, in this area. It's just not hitting our neighbor over here. No, I'm seeing God moving, and I'm believing that 60-mile radius that he, prom he promised us, the influence in, that our prayers are going. It's even going beyond that. It's going to Capitol Hill. God is moving, and he's taking our prayers. They're making tremendous power available. And as I'm speaking God's word, as I'm believing God's word, those words that I'm speaking according to his word, I'm bringing voice to his word, those words will not return to him void without accomplishing all that he is sending it forth to do. We are God's voice of his word in this earth. We take his word as he gives us directives. As we hear him speak, we say, as we see him do, we do. And he gets the results. Amen. Are you with me this morning? So faith is the backbone of consistency. The last thing is that consistency by itself is not enough. 
Consistency by itself is not enough. You know, I can, I can choose to just, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be here. I got to be somewhere else. I can choose just to start running. And I, yeah, I'm moving somewhere and I'm being consistent in running. And I never, I just keep on running. I keep on running. But if I don't know where I'm going, I'm still going nowhere. I can exhort all my energy, I can exhort all my resources and all my time in movement, but if I don't have any direction, even though I'm being consistent, I will still not get any results. I could actually find myself being further away from God than what He wants me to be, because I don't have a plan, I don't have a vision. Consistency by itself is not enough. You need to be intentional and strategic. These are these are really two silent partners of the heart because to be intentional it comes from the heart. You got it's got to ponder in your heart. You got to you got to be intentional. It's 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 the purpose. Why do I do this? I'm, I'm I choose to do it on purpose. I choose to pray for that specific person or that specific situation because God has placed it on my heart. It means something to me. That's my intention of coming to God and worshiping and seeking and fellowshipping with him so I can be always called me to be so I can overflow in these areas so they can know more of who God is. Amen. Then you got to be strategic or have strategy. You got to have a plan. To have a plan is to is to is to really say how. You know, intention is why. Intention is why you do something. Strategy is how you do something. I I, I have the intention to do this, and now I'm going to make a plan to get it done. Hallelujah. Do it on purpose. Make a plan. You know, Cornelius, when he came, he may not have thought that he was the one that God was going to, to bring, uh, you know, the revelation to the Gentiles, that all Gentiles could come and know the Lord. He may not have known that. But every day he got up and he was intentional about serving the one true God. There's a lot of gods. They worshiped a lot of gods in, that, in those areas in that time. It's a little different here in America. We, I mean, we still people got a lot of idols and different gods that they're serving. It's more self-centered than anything. But they would bow down and worship and go to temples that would be raised for these different types of worship. Lots of gods. But he chose to serve the one true God. He, every day he got up just to serve him, to worship him, to be obedient to him, to teach it to his family. Him and his whole household feared God. And he gave to the Jewish people. He's, I'm supporting. He served the one true God. He, somehow he got revelation through that. He may not have known that the overflow was going to come and God was going to cho choose him to be the one to bring forth this revelation to the Gentiles, but he did. He's not, he didn't serve God, so I would be the one. No, you know, I, I hear this in the prophecy somewhere, maybe in Zechariah, Lord, you said about all nations, I believe I'm an all-nation kind of guy, and I'm just going to seek you for this. No, he, I believe he was worshiping God because he was touched by God. Worship, you know, true worship is not true if there's, if there's motives involved other than just giving God your love, just loving, loving on Him. Amen? Are you with me? Cornelius worshiped. He was obedient. He was generous. He prayed. Intentionally, intentionally working the plan with consistently will create results. Oh, one last scripture. You know, when it comes to the plan and the intention for you, that's you. You know, one of our one of our errors as believers is we we just want everything kind of given to us. And it's not for me to make your plan with God 
or to make, you know, I, I can't place intention in your heart. You have, you have to do things on purpose yourself. It's got to become a, a why, and the why in you has to be big. If, if you have a how without the why, you still, will, you still will, will, you know, you won't make it to the end with just how I'm going to do it because you have to have the why. You've got, why am I doing this? Why am I doing it? Why do I need to do this on purpose? If it's not big in you, you'll not be able to carry it out. But when you have the why and you have the plan and then you're consistent and keeping that why before you and, and keeping that plan before you and consistent in it, you'll get the results. Are you with me this morning? Look at this. I believe this kind of brings it together. Philippians 4. Be anxious for nothing, but in prayer, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Let me stop there. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer, which this prayer is not just coming and asking requests, this prayer includes worship, but in everything by worship and supplication. Now, supplication is a definite request, bringing definite requests, having a plan. You know, God wants, God wants us to ask for things specifically. Do you believe that? Sometimes we don't receive an answer because we don't give God a specific request. I remember when I learned this, uh, it was from uh, Dr. David Cho in one of his books that I read, and he said that uh, back in, you know, whenever uh, the Korean War was going on and he was, he was really a pastor in the slums there and there was a GI tent that was left over. So he just made that into a church and just go around. He would go to people's homes and just visit them and pray for them and, and, and teach them the word. And, and he said, Lord, boy, it would be nice to have a bike. Um, then I could, I could get to these places. I could go even further if I had a bicycle. And he prayed about it and he believed he was in faith about it. And some time went by and he, he approached the Lord and said, God, you know, I asked this a while back for a bike. He said, uh, but why haven't you answered me? This is for your work. And the Lord responded to him and said, you didn't ask me what kind of bike you want. There's a lot of bikes. The Lord was teaching him a lesson. And this is what we, we can learn from another man's lesson. He said, as that's the case, then I want one of the red GI bikes that they used to ride around here during the war. I want one of those red GI bikes. He said, within a week, he, that red GI bike showed up. Someone had given it to him. But we need to be specific Worship just to connect with him. Be specific in our prayers and, and our requests, making sure they're lining up with the word of God. Here's a big one here. It says, with thanksgiving. A lot of times as believers, we miss this part because we'll ask for things, but we're asking in doubt. We're not truly believing that God's going to do it, and we forget the thanksgiving because the key to thanksgiving is this. When you're truly thankful from the heart, you're in faith. Because if I'm thankful, Lord, I, I ask for this definite request and I can see according to your word. And if you don't know, you get into his word to find it out. Yeah, you're going to have to dig into his word. Go back, get in your concordance, ask somebody else. You can come now. We can help out, look through things. But you've got to get into the word, find out what his word says about it. Amen. Be specific with it. Then I'm, then I'm just going to thank you, Lord. I, I know this is your will. I see it in your word. I thank you for it. I ask for it. And I thank you, Lord God, that you're going to bring it about. In Jesus' name, I trust you. And then I, I keep myself strengthened because I'm keeping myself in worship and I'm keeping myself in faith, thanking him for what I know he wants to do according to his word. Thank you. Be anxious for nothing. 
but in everything by prayer, worship, and supplication, definite request, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which passes all comprehension, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Some translations say it this way. Whenever you, you know, you, you're the worship, your prayer, supplication, definite request with thanksgiving, make your request known to the Lord, then the peace of God, which passes, bypasses all comprehension of your mind and understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. See, it's the worship, the petition, the, the request with thanksgiving God is going to guard my heart and my mind. This is the part. This is where this is the heart. It's important to be guarded because this is where the purpose is. This is why. This is how. Deep are the plans in, in a man's heart, but the Lord is the one who directs the steps. The Lord's the one that causes to be drawn out and to bring understanding. Amen. Man, guys, I want this year, this coming year, to be your best year. Our best year as a church. Our best year is reaching out. Your best year at, at connecting with God on a personal level. Your best year of receiving details that you've never received before through prayer and worship and fellowship with God, getting into that secret place with Him. But you've got to be intentional. You've got to be strategic. And you've got to be consistent. He's worth it. I can't make your plan for you. I can't, I can't put it, you know, I can't be intentional for you. I pray for you. I pray for you guys every single day. One of my prayers is every, every single day I say, God, I pray that they would come to the fullness of who you are, and I pray that they would understand your will for their life, that they would understand the fullness of your will, your design, your plan, your purpose, that they walk in it. Every day, I'm filling up that glass for you because I want you, and Natasha and I want you to overflow so people round about will experience God too. Amen. Let's stand up this morning. We serve a consistent God. Father, my prayer to you this morning is that we would all learn to walk with you on a more consistent base. Seeking you, knowing you, fellowshipping with you, receiving from you. Being used by you to touch this, this area in the world, Lord. The world's a big place. You created it, you know. Every single one of us are where we are right now by design. Father, we want this area to overflow with the knowledge of who you are, your faithfulness, your goodness. So many people are hurting, walking through hard times, Lord God. And whether it's just they're, they're away from you because of, of sin that has separated them from you or maybe they're a believer and they're just walking through a hard time, walking through a valley and they're in a dark spot, Lord God. They just need someone to encourage them. They need some freshness. Father, we want to overflow with you. Just tell them that this morning. We want to overflow. I want, I want fresh, 
God. I want the real Lord. I don't want the watered down. I don't, I don't want second best, Lord God. We want the best. We want your best for us. We want your perfect will. We just don't want to be in your will. We want to be on the tip of your perfect will, doing what you've called us to do. We want to stand, even as it says, as, as David in, 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 in the book of Acts, Lord God, that in his generation, he fulfilled all that you asked him to do. That every single one of us would fulfill all that you've created us and are asking us to do. In Jesus' name, I pray, Father God, as we enter these last few weeks of this year, that this thought of being uh, intentional and, and strategic, having a plan, doing things on purpose and being consistent, that you would begin to work with your people here talking to them about the plan that you have for them, Lord God, what you want them to do, getting that purpose in their heart, Lord God, and teaching them and helping them with that discipline of consistency, Lord, because nothing done for you and with you is ever in vain. We trust you this morning. You know, maybe you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Man, God loves you. He wants to know you. He wants, to, he wants you to experience Him. And He's done everything on His part that can be done except to answer yes for you. He's done everything. Every one of us have sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. There's nothing we can ever or will ever be able to do in our own strength to make ourselves right with God. And there is a real heaven and there is a real hell. And every single person will spend eternity in one of those two places. But God in His rich love, understanding that, sent Jesus to die for our sins. Perfect. God in human flesh. Perfect. The perfect sacrifice dying in our place for our sins to take away all guilt all shame that we could have eternal life with him but we have to respond turn to him and say yes in just a moment we're going to open the altars and if you need prayer for anything if you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior you want to give your life to him today I'm going to ask a big, a big part from you is you have to get out of your seat and come up and be with one of these prayer warriors up here and they'll pray with you. And if you need prayer for anything else, maybe it's a situation you're walking through, maybe something in your body, something emotionally, whatever it is, God has, he's got the fullness of what you need to be able to impart and to deal with that situation and bring you out in victory. But it takes our response. We have to respond to him. Can I have the prayer team come forward? If you're on the altar team this morning, go ahead and come forward. Hallelujah. Father, we would just rejoice in you. We thank you for your faithfulness to us. Lord, we're on, we, are, we are on the brink of something so beautiful and so wonderful. And I know the devil's trying to hold things back and he's doing anything he can to hinder us from following your lead keeping our focus upon you but we will we choose to focus we choose to recenter we choose lord god we choose you every day we get up we choose you father and i thank you that 
I just bless every single person here, Lord God, that they would walk in the fullness that you have for them, that they'd be full of life and full of health and full of faith and full of strength, full of your spirit, Lord God, full of faith in Jesus' name to do your will. We bless you. We honor you today, Lord God. Bless them, Lord, as they go. Lord God, let your face shine upon them. Give them peace. Protect them. Guide them in the name of Jesus.